We're talking about the marks of the renewed heart, and we spent some time with you talking about habits for spiritual renewal. And of course, that first principle is you have to renew your mind, and then renew it again, and renew it again, and renew it again. And if you continue to do this, you'll be in a place of renewal, and there'll be certain marks that will be in evidence of your life. The second thing is to refresh the heart, and then do it, do it again. The mind doesn't stay renewed and the heart doesn't stay refreshed. So what you have to do is do the things that are necessary, not just to be filled with the Spirit one time, but to be being filled with the Spirit, to be in His presence, to enjoy His presence, to uh, get to the place where His presence is your greatest joy. Amen? Say it with me. His presence is my greatest joy. It should be your greatest joy. It should be the one thing that uh, that stirs you, that moves you, that blesses you more than anything else. And... Uh, and not just a one-time shot or every once in a while or at a special meeting or service. You know, churches, uh, you know, past 20, 30 years, they used to get their fixes at so-called revival meetings. And what we trained people to think was they had to wait every six months or two years to have that. No, you can have revival in your heart every single day. If you have His presence, you can have renewal. The third thing we talked about is reconnecting to the church. There will not be consistently a renewed heart unless you are connected to the local church. And uh, I think you ought to be connected to a Bible-believing church. Amen. Wow, that was the Wednesday night crowd response. Amen. I just amen. come over here to Michael and get amen. Praise the Lord. I believe you ought to be connected to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, and you ought to be connected to a Holy Ghost church. And if you will fellowship and receive that amen, and you will walk out that vision, that lifestyle, you're going to be a person that is renewed. And I'll tell you, with the craziness that's going on out there, it's more important than ever that we are people of the Word and people of the Spirit. Yes. Be connected. Amen. You need each other. Yes. No one is an island. It's not just a nice little cliche. It is the truth spiritually. You will not thrive spiritually without the church. And if COVID didn't teach us anything, well, it taught us some things. But, <laughs> but if we learn nothing, we know that we cannot function optimally as believers without one another. That's right. Amen. Amen. You need something that rubs off on each other. That's it. You need the encouragement. You need what they possess. You need what they have. You need the, the joy and the encouragement and the life that's in them. And everybody touches everybody else. That's just the way it is. So say we renew the mind, refresh the heart, reconnect to the church. And so the, the goal is to give you some markers to kind of not judge everybody else, but kind of lay them before the Lord with them and put them out as a list and say, Lord, how am I doing with these marks, because if these marks are evident in your life, then it means there's renewal going on on the inside of you. It does you no good to look around anyway, because uh, you know you, your perception of somebody else is limited anyway. And uh, the Bible tells us that our hearts are desperately wicked, amen, deceitful. So who's, who's going to tell us about these things? The Holy Ghost is going to give you the correct answers that has your doing with these principles or marks of renewal. But start with me back in Lamentations chapter 3, in verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. Aren't you glad for that? They're new every morning. How often are His mercies available? How often is His grace available? Every single morning. Anybody here ever feel like you just need a fresh dose of it? You should feel that way every day. And lay claim to it and take a hold of it. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Faithful to what? 
faithful to love us, faithful to pour out his mercies. Amen. And you know, you can't uh, create a big enough mess that God can't turn that thing around. And raise your hand if you tried. <laughs> but on the other end of it was what? A faithful God. A faithful God who is merciful, amen, and loving and kind. Lamentations 5.21, Restore to us to yourself, Lord, that we may return, renew our days as of old. The heart cry for renewal. You and I should have that heart cry as well. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. And if you're not careful, you're looking at circumstances, you're looking at everything going on, and you're looking at how you're aging, you're looking at all the circumstances of your life and the problems and the setbacks. You're not paying attention to what God's doing on the inside of you. You're actually an eternal creature. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Uh, the age of your earth suit is irrelevant. It's just not going to stand the test of time. It's not possible. It's appointed to man to do what? To die once and then, of course, the judgment. Now, what we believe, and we believe the Bible teaches, is that you can ask God and believe for long life. Say it with me, length of days and strength of days. But don't get your cue from somebody else. Because you don't know what they're believing God for. You don't know how they're living their life. You don't know what they're sowing into their spirit. You don't know what they're confessing when you're not around. This is between you and the Lord. You work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. And a lot of Christians are defeated, thinking, well, so-and-so did this, or so-and-so went home early, or so-and-so had this problem, and I guess I'm out of luck. It has nothing to do with what somebody else is doing. You take the Word of God, and you take the promises of God, and you make up your mind, amen, what you're believing God for, and stand for it. But after all that believing, you're still going to either be raptured or go by the way of the grave. And you want to make sure of a couple things. Number one, that you've done the will of God on the earth while you were here. You've touched everybody you can touch. Amen. You've prayed for everybody you can pray for. You minister to everybody you can minister. You live out your days and live out your purpose. But the point is, sometimes we're so focused on that, and you should be focused on believing God for restoration, and you should be focused on believing God for your purpose in this earth. There's an awful lot of people that just have this case for us raw mentality and live a life that way, and they don't resist the devil, and they don't press in for the promises of God. You should. But don't forget this one important thing, that while all this is going on, there's actually a spiritual work going on, on the inside of you. You're being renewed day by day, and transformed into His presence and into His glory, into His image, day by day. Irrespective of how you look in the mirror. Amen? Colors changing, things are sagging. Amen? Um, used to have more hair on top, amen, or... Whatever the case may be, you used to see a certain way or function a certain way, that's all irrelevant to this concept. We are not talking about what's going on in the realm of the physical body or the realm of the natural. Amen. We're talking about the condition of the heart. Now what happens is when you're in a place of renewal, it affects every part of your life. Does that make sense? Put you this way. A lot of people focus on 
on their health. They're taking supplements and they're working out and, and they're running. And, you know, they're, they're watching the latest infomercial and whatever the shark tanks are saying about health, you know, uh, you know, benefits and whatever kind of supplements out there. And they spend all this time on that and that's just fine and dandy, but they ignore the real key to longevity and that is the health of the person's spiritual walk. Amen. Say it, renewed heart. We're not making this up. The Bible says, Beloved, I pray and wish above all things that I mayest prosper and be in what? In health, even as your soul prospers. So what happens is the renewing of that heart day by day, a place of renewal, a lifestyle of renewal affects you in every dimension of your life, including physically. Does that make sense? How many of y'all believe in a long life? Yeah. Amen. Um, my mom just passed up all the people in her heritage, age-wise. She did. Um, we had uh, one that lived a little bit uh, past 80, 82, something like that, the Castles and the Kennedys. Yes, we believe she's related to the Kennedys. Pray for her. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, it's it's pretty neat to see somebody just blow past some marker in some family. That's it. Well, you can do that. Amen. Amen. I said you can do that. Yes. Say it with me. Long life. Long life. Live, strong, live strong. And live long. And live long. But don't forget what's going on on the inside of you. That's right. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. Say it with me. Little by little. little day, by day. Day, by day. day by day. I'm being renewed. And what you want to do is take no vacation from this process. Don't come in and out, up and down, in and out. You know, just be consistent, be diligent, and you will see great things happen, not just in that spiritual realm or that spiritual walk, but it will impact every part of your life. Amen. You're going you're gonna to have emotions that function correctly. You're going to have a mind that functions correctly. Say it with me. I have the mind of Christ. Say it I have the mind of Christ. Don't you dare go and see what's going on in the world and say, well, it's happening to them, so I'm going to lose my mind, or I'm going to lose my ability to walk, or I'm going to lose my ability to do it. No, you don't talk like that. You get your mouth and get your eyes back on the Word of God, and that's how you believe. Amen? Not everybody's doing that. No, most people don't live that way. They have this idea if they're going to live this life, things are just going to happen. That's the way it is. That's a terrible way for Christians to believe. thought we believed in the Most High God. I thought we were Bible believers in this church. Amen? Amen? Yes, we're going to believe what the Word of God says. Despite all the resistance coming at you in every direction, you continue to believe God. But there's a higher thing going on on the inside of you than even that, and that is your spiritual renewal. Write this down. Renewal simply means to make like new, to restore to freshness, vigor, or perfection. To make like new, to restore to freshness, to vigor, or perfection. God wants you fresh. Amen. Amen. Every day, victorious. Amen. Um, it's like the scripture talks about. The, it's like a palm tree. Amen. Have you ever seen a palm tree in a hurricane? Yeah. Bend down and touch the ground and kiss it. Then what happens when the wind stops blowing? Just pops right back up again like nothing happened. Look at somebody and tell them, that's just like me, like nothing ever happened. Take a beating and keep on going. For you old timers, it takes, it, keep, it takes a look and it keeps on ticking. Anybody under 50 doesn't have a clue what that means. It was a watch, people. Amen. An old fashioned watch. <laughs> See me? I may go down, but I'm going to pop back up again. Righteous man falls what? Seven times, but does what? 
Gets back up again. Oh, I, though I what fall, I shall arise, Micah says. That's got to be your mentality. So every day, fresh and renewed. Scripture is very powerful in Isaiah 57, verse 10. It says, you were tired out by the length of your road. Ever feel like that? Too many miles? <laughs> what did Indiana Jones say in uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark? He said, it's, it's, it's not the years, it's the miles. Some of y'all feel like that. Is God able to redeem that? Uh-huh, yes, he is. You were tired out by the length of your road, yet you did not say it's hopeless. You found renewed strength, therefore you did not faint. A lot of people in the body of Christ are fainting. And it's not because of the problems or the circumstances or the opposition or the warfare. Christians do not you know, implode from the outside and they implode from the inside out. And the renewed Christian, day by day, is not a candidate for implosion. You're going to continue to function and to excel in your Christian walk, but it's never going to be what comes at you that's the problem. You are going to have things come at you. You do not live in a bubble. People who think that those of us who call ourselves faith people teach this kind of a doctrine where get saved and have no problems. Are you kidding me? The truth is, get saved, be a faith person, and have problems. The key is you overcome them in Jesus' name. You have the tools to have victory despite the things that come at you. You know, people who talk about what faith people believe should actually listen to what faith people believe. That's true. Take the time to find out, actually, what we say. Faith doesn't pretend. It attacks. Say it with me. Faith, faith does not pretend. Does not it attacks. My all-time favorite Jerry Savelle quote. Say it one more time. Faith doesn't pretend. Faith attacks. A lot of people are fainting because they are imploding because they're not paying attention to this principle of constant renewal. The markers of renewal are not consistently there. So when they get beat up enough, amen, they get to the point where they've had enough and they can't take any more and they implode. And everything else falls by the wayside. Everything hinges on that, on that you know, renewal in their heart and their life. Everything else begins to fall apart because that is not strong. That is not being tended to in their life. So goes your spiritual walk, so goes the rest of your life. Yeah. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Am I ask you if it's God's will for you to prosper and be in health? Yes, but the caveat is what? More importantly, that your soul is getting along well. That your soul is actually prospering. So you can look at these 13 markers this way. Is my soul prospering? Amen. If you try to have any kind of health and any kind of well-being without your soul prospering, it's just not going to happen. I'll tell you this, it's certainly not going to last. Anybody ever play whack-a-mole? Whack-a-mole, Pastor, that's my life is what that is, amen? You go down to Chuck E. Cheese and you whack in the mind, what happens? Another one pops up again. And that's the way some of us live. Who's directing the agenda? You know what you can do with faith? You can whack all the moles simultaneously. <laughs> it's important you see this. Say it with me. It's a matter 
a spiritual strength first. And so the pathway there, of course, is the renewing of the mind, the refreshing of the heart, and the reconnecting to the church. I can't emphasize this enough. There is a grace and there is an anointing on the involvement of the believer in the corporate body. There are things being deposited into you just by virtue of connecting and being a part that are impacting your life and causing markers of renewal to actually show up in your life, to prosper your soul. Let me say it another way. You can't prosper your soul being disconnected from church. You can't do it. And people that believe that are believing a lie. And sooner or later, someone's going to hit the wall and they're going to realize they needed people just like you. Amen. And we're creatures of habit. How many of sometimes people go out of the habit of church? Let me help you out here. That's like getting out of the habit of drinking water. I got out of the habit of breathing. What's going to happen to you? Die. Die. But when you value reconnecting with the body, as you would see a vital need, like with, with oxygen in, in your body, in your life, all of a sudden your attitude changes. Amen. And you certainly stop letting kids call the shots in your house. Teach them now that they're not going to make it without the local church. There's not a single amen over here. There ought to be some amens over here. Pastor, give me a break. I just got off of work and I'm just trying to fight sleep right now, bless God. But I'm glad you're here. I mean, I have, I have preached to sleeping people before. And probably will again. And that's my whole point. How can I possibly get out of anything because I'm tired? Because you're talking about what your body's telling you. Your spirit man right now is just slurping it up. That's the point. Teach them to value the local church because they'll never have a prosperous soul without it. Short-sighted people said, I can just seek God and stay refreshed and get into the Word and I will have a prosperous soul. No, you won't. You'll be missing some of these markers and every one of them actually are very, very important. So uh, I could just probably spend a week on each one of these. (laughs) But (laughs) now you guys are even more quiet over here. What? Fifteen weeks on this? I don't know about that. <laughs> but it really kind of encapsulates a lot of things you've heard through the years about uh, you know, the one thing in the spirit-filled life, the importance of being a, a word person. Just kind of put them in a, in a format that you can say, you know, how am I doing here? How many will be honest with yourself after I give these to you? Yes. You'll just be honest with yourself. Turn to somebody and say, be honest about it. Yeah. That first marker is you wait upon the Lord. That is a habit in your life. You delight in His presence daily. You take Isaiah 40 seriously. And if you will what? Wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord will what? Renew their strength. Did you hear what we just said? Straight out of the Word of God. They that wait upon the Lord will what? What's going to happen? Renewal. Do you know that there's nothing else you can do that you can wait upon or a person you can wait upon is going to cause a renewal? Waiting on Him does what? Causes renewal in your life. Let me say it one more time. Waiting on Him, abiding in His presence, practicing the one thing, being more like Mary than Martha, it causes renewal. 
And we need desperately to be renewed. Amen. Number two, you think the thoughts of God. From Isaiah 55, it says, let the wicked forsake his thoughts. It means we trade the thoughts that we used to have for God's thoughts. That's what it means to have a renewed mind on purpose. Lay down your thoughts and take up his thoughts. I'm glad that God has left behind what he thinks about everything. Aren't you glad? Say, I am so glad. I mean, this would be really bad if he said, uh, think the thoughts of God and didn't tell us what they were. The message of Isaiah 55 is not, well, you can't attain to the thoughts of God, they're so high. No, the point is that our thoughts are going to be contradictory to his thoughts because we are in a what? A fallen condition in the process of restoration and we haven't arrived yet. So every day we're going to have the opportunity of some rogue thought coming across our path and we either say yes to that or no to that. We have the ability to have uh, the guarding of the mind and to analyze what's going on and do what Paul taught them in Corinthians to do what? To take captive, 2 Corinthians 10, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Say that with me, every thought. And if you're starting to do this as a habit, that's a marker that renewal is operating in your life. Yes, you wait upon the Lord, but how do you know you still have to go to work, still have to live, you still have things to do? And sometimes those thoughts will hit you at the most inopportune times. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? They be thoughts of temptation. They can be thoughts of recrimination. They can be thoughts of condemnation. You can be sitting there minding your own business, having a great day, and all of a sudden some condemning thought will come. Yeah. Or some thought that tries to put you down, yeah. tell you not as good as everybody else, and, and whatever else they're doing is better, or you're a failure because you missed the mark on this. And just like that, wham, you've got a choice to make. And sometimes you just need to open up your mouth and say out loud, no, I'm not going to take that thought. That's not consistent with the Word of God. I am what God says I am. I am what the Word says I am. I am not what you say, slew foot. And if sometimes those words come through people, same thing. Well, it's a rogue thought coming to you, you know. The enemy is trying to lie to you or it's, it's using the agency of people. Do the same thing. The devil will tell somebody that is sick, you're going to die. He say, I will not die, but I will live and proclaim the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever it is, you've got to be ready to cast that thing down, to take it captive. Yes. Well, isn't that why we have a pastor, so you can take these things captive for me? I'd have to follow you around like a little dog 24 hours a day. And trust me, I don't want to do that, and you don't want me to do that. Oh, here it comes. Comes pastor, take captive that thought. No one can do that. You know, no one can do that for you. Pastor can't do it for you. Sunday school teacher can't do it for you. Spouse can't do it for you. Some of your spouses have learned the hard way. They have to take captive those thoughts. And you can say all day long, here's what the word says, here's what the word says, but they have to get serious about this principle. A sign that somebody is walking in renewal is they've developed the habit of what? Taking captive every rogue thought. You think the thoughts of God. Think the thoughts of God about what? Think the thoughts of God about everything. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Say it about everything. Just like, um, you know, serving without sitting in his presence indicates the heart is not right. Thinking in contradiction to God's thoughts indicates the heart is not right. Um, 
I heard somebody say one time, well, you know what? It's, it's better to have a dirty mind than a dirty heart. Guess what? You can have a clean heart and a clean mind. That's right. Amen. <laughs> I mean, some of the dumbest things out there. It's kind of like the National Enquirer. They used to have, you know, a bunch of, you know, cases of beer and sit around making up stories. People just have too much time on their hand. Say it with me, I can have a clean mind and a clean heart. The only way to have a clean mind, amen, is to learn. To personally take captive things you know are unscriptural. How many can raise your hand and say, sometimes you let it slide. You just let it slide. No, don't let those things slide. You say, well, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Every thought, every word is a seed. Every deed is a seed. Say it with me. Every thought, every thought is a seed. It'll come around again, and you'll think it again, and you'll think it again, and you'll think it again. And then Shazam, you're surprised when there's actually some kind of a harvest off of what you've been thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. Number three, you can tell your heart's right with God and in a place of renewal when you are broken and contrite. This means you're humble and you're teachable. You read in Ezra chapter 10, this uh, scripture, and I think it's just, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. But here's the realization of, of sin and his response. While Ezra was praying and confessing, weeping and throwing himself down before the house of God, Ezra chapter 10, a large crowd of Israelites, men, women, and children gathered around them, and they too wept bitterly. You know, what they were doing is they were marrying outside of the covenant of God. And you say, what well, does it matter? Yeah, in any kind of violation of God's word, and God brings that to our attention, there should be brokenness about that. Are you here? Uh, your convictor should still work. When you can't be convicted anymore, when your conscience can no longer be pricked, when the arrows no longer affect you that come from the Holy Spirit, that's a problem. And not just in terms of correction or in terms of repenting over something that he brings to your attention. You know, it is not, you know, sometimes people look at folks and they'll say, well, they're, 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 they seem to be ready to repent and, and, and to be contrite and humble at the drop of a hat. They're not the one with the problem. That is actually a sign of a renewed heart. Uh, when God's presence is, is on your life, when the word is working, you're going to see things in you that you don't like. Say, repentance is positive. Being broken and contrite is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. How many know that David made some good decisions and David made some terrible decisions? And how many know that Bathsheba was a bad decision? Amen. All kinds of problems associated with this, this decision. First of all, he wasn't out in the field where he should have been. Dereliction of duty. Amen. Second of all, He's up on the rooftop and glancing. And when the first time he saw this woman naked, what should he have done? But when you read the scripture, do you get the impression that's what he did? He did not do it, Joseph. <laughs> no, in fact, he calls for her and they sleep together. There's a child conceived and he didn't stop there. Look at somebody say he didn't stop there. He says, I have a brilliant idea. I'll bring her husband in from the field 
And then he'll have relations and we'll cover this thing up. This man has so much honor, he won't even go into his house. Spends the night outside on the porch. Goes back to the field. That doesn't work. So David sends a message for an encounter to engage the enemy, to put this man up in the front and withdraw from him. This is one of his high officers he did this to. And they withdrew, and the man is killed. So now we have adultery, and we have lying, we have deception, we have conspiracy to commit murder, we have murder. Now watch this. Nathan comes along. Everybody say, thank God. Thank God. Nathan, in the Old Testament, we're talking about the ability here uh, of the power of God to, to come upon somebody, you know, to represent what God is trying to say, and to see how somebody, even in great authority, will respond to that. And David tells him a little story, and Nathan tells him a little story about the man who had everything, and the man who had just one little ewe lamb, and the man who had everything took away that ewe lamb, and David burned with anger. Mm-hmm. And what did Nathan do? Yeah. What did Nathan do? Lord. You're the man. Now here's the difference. When Saul was confronted by Samuel, he lied and threw the responsibility on the soldiers. When Uzziah offered incense in the temple and the priest confronted him, he was furious and reacted with great fury. When David was confronted, we're talking about renewed hearts here, not perfection here. We haven't arrived yet. What did David do? He repented. Now, were there some consequences to it? Yes. Sure there were. And there are consequences in the natural, the things that we, just, we decide to do, the choices we make. But thank God he had the what? The humble and contrite attitude. Yes. Write this down. If everybody you know, ever wants to know, or you want to know what a man after God's own heart is, that's what a man after God's own heart is. To step into air and be humble and contrite and repentant when God is dealing with them. That's a man after God's own heart. Not perfect, but a heart that is right with him. How sensitive you are, how correctable you are, how teachable you are, how pliable you are, how, how quick you are, amen, to feel the pangs of conviction and respond to that, that is going to tell you whether it's a marker of renewal in your life. If you never feel convicted, Pastor, I never did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. This is the Wednesday night crowd. There's no snowing us in here. Amen. <laughs> this is a serious bunch. Say, so I'm a serious Christian. One of my favorite all-time Hope Harbor stories is <laughs> a man went up to one of our members and in the business community and said, you know, he said, uh, where do you go to church? Uh, I go over here, but where do you go to church? And this businessman in our church said, well, I go to Hope Harbor Church. And that man goes, ooh, that's for serious Christians. <laughs> I thought, well, praise the Lord for the testimony. But how sad. That's for serious Christians. Well, guess what? The Overcomers Club is for serious Christians. Amen. And when he deals with you, what are you going to do? You're going to repent. If he's correcting you, you're going to receive it. Amen. If somebody in your life in authority corrects you, what are you going to do? Receive it. Receive it. Amen. There are two times since this building was built. And two times somebody was corrected. (laughs) 
And uh, both times we thought we were going to lose the door frames back there in the office because of how, how loudly they slammed those doors on their way out. Now, thank God for good construction. They say, I want to know, Pastor. I want to know. I have an inquiring mind. Well, then ask the Holy Ghost. Maybe he'll tell you. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> All I'm telling you is when a minor correction was made in this one situation, it was not me. Um, and I'm telling you what, the person could not receive even the slightest correction about what was going on. And it was valid, and it was loving, and it was kind. Amen. But I'm telling you, I was in my office and my teeth rattled when that door slammed. Wow. Now the problem is that kind of thing marks us. Yeah. It, it sets us in a place of spiritual concrete. There's great victory when we respond when something's not right. When we act like that, it can arrest us for years, if not a lifetime. One time I had to correct somebody who was in senior leadership. And... Uh, all I can tell you is that it's a, it's a duel between these two who slammed the door the hardest. All I can tell you is that if all these years in your life, you're still mumbling and complaining and gossiping and talking and slamming doors. Your heart is not in a place of renewal. Amen. Right. Amen. If after you leave an office or a church building, we have to repair the place, probably your heart's not in the right place. What is that? Not correctable. Say it with me. I am correctable. I am pliable. I am teachable. And say, well, I've arrived. I have need of nothing. Don't you know I am absolutely perfect spiritually? I have outgrown everybody. You see, all that comes from pride and all that stuff will ruin you. God opposes the proud. He gives what? Grace and favor to the humble. And David received grace, didn't he? Glory to God. Well, tell three kings. Two out of three went the other direction. We're not correctable. This business that, uh, that somehow God's not going to keep his people in line and, and correct his people and take care of his leaders is a bunch of nonsense. God knows exactly how to deal with all of us. The key is, are we going to be teachable and humble when he does finger something in our lives? How many know you haven't arrived yet? How many believe that God's getting ready to pour out His glory on all the earth? How many believe that? Yes. Are you ready for it? Yes. Are you sure you're ready for it? Yes. Do you know with greater glory comes greater conviction? True. With more light, the cockroaches spread. Oh, Pastor, I don't have any cockroaches in my life. We'll find out. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm going to go to a non-glory church. Suit yourself. I don't know about you, but I don't want to sit there in whatever filth and dirt that might be there. I want the Lord to deliver me. I want him to set me free. Amen? I want to go to the next level. If you wait upon the Lord, that's a good marker that you're in a place of renewal. If you're thinking the thoughts of God, that is a good marker. If you're broken and contrite, you're humble, teachable, and not full of pride, then it's a good place. It's a good indicator in your life. Number four, we're moving right along. This might only take eight weeks. Number four, you're a word person. You're not a word person because you heard a sermon. You're not a word person because you went to a convention. 
You're not even a word person because you take those fancy Hope Harbor notebooks and fill them out. You're a word person because you honor the word. It is first place and final authority in your life. You're not here to dissect it. You're not here to criticize it. You're not here to play games with it. You're not here to argue doctrine. If this is what the word says, your next response is, amen, I believe it, I receive it. It's what God has said, and I run with it. It's the first place I go to, amen, for revelation, and guess what? That settles it. Once the Word of God speaks to an issue, I don't go take it a poll. This is what God has said. I'm a Word person. Say, I'm a Word person. It means that you delight in being immersed in His Word. You know, when Josiah and that crowd determined that uh, the book of the law was discovered, what did they do? immediately began to open it up. Was broken hearted over the fact that this thing was not being read and was not being obeyed. Amen. Uh, word people delight in the Word when no one is around. Yeah. They're listening to the Word when no one else is around. Uh, Keith Moore said that uh, he had a friend that, uh, and Keith went to, to Rama in Tulsa, and this one went to uh, you know, graduate school in eventually got, I guess, a PhD in theology. And, uh, you know, he said to one, to this guy one time, here's a great, uh, you know, sermon series I want to give to you. He goes, what am I supposed to do with that? He goes, well, you listen to it, you take notes, you know, you, you open up your Bible and follow along. He goes, oh, I didn't church on Sunday morning enough. Why would I want to do this? And he said, all the things that, and literally, he was in a, an old beat up, you know, trailer with nothing car that wouldn't work, nothing. And where God has brought him and his wife in that ministry is astounding. You know how it happened? Because they didn't have, you know, this, this light treatment of the Word of God. One just saw nothing of value in that. Why would you want to go to church on Sunday and then listen to the message again? Didn't like it the first time. Why, why would I listen to it again? You know what word people do? They have this attitude, I might have missed something. Yes. Or I might not have been in a place to hear that, or I'm not in a place where God can really speak to me about that. And you listen to it again. I've done the same thing. I've taken tapes or whatever it is, and 20 years later listened to them and thought, was that in there? Yeah. I had an ear to hear. I had a mind to receive, and all of a sudden it was just wonderful, everything that I, that I heard. And what a tragedy it is. And you wonder, where could somebody be if somebody had the same attitude that Keith Moore at that moment had? Look at somebody and say, I have that attitude. You want to always be growing. Always developing. And when you have a, you know, just a real passion for the Word of God, it's a good indicator. When you don't care. When you zone off during sermons, you don't care about other programs of the church that will teach you the Word of God. You're not in the Word yourself. It's a chore to you. It's a drudgery to you. Then there's an indicator that you are in need of renewal. But when you are absolutely on fire about the Word of God, amen? Glory to God. It's a good sign. Say, I'm excited about the Word of God. <laughs> uh, Wesley, you guys went up to, uh, to, uh, to Fort Worth. And we just missed you. Like you got there on a Thursday. We got there on Wednesday. And I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in my office uh, watching it. And I look up, and there he is in the third row, the center section. Brother Cope is probably final five feet from the guy, just like that, you know. And he's just, and he's just smiling, just like that. He's smiling, just like that. 
And I was so impressed, I got my camera out and I took a shot of the TV screen. <laughs> and here's the thing. What kind of crazy people would take a week out of their own lives, sometimes, oftentimes, you know, taking time away from work, even using vacation money, to travel across the country and to sit in church services from 9 to about 10 o'clock at night? Well, that's not too bad one day. No, 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 not one day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What kind of crazy people do that? These are people who are renewed in the heart. They have a high value for the Word of God. How many raise your hand and say, I want the Word to work for me like never before? When you get an attitude like that, and here's the thing, you don't have to wait for a convention. You can have your own. We have never been more blessed in our entire existence of the body of Christ. You can have a convention every week. The question is, why don't we? Eh, you know, more important things. Turn to somebody and tell them there's nothing more important than time in the Word of God. Amen. You know that uh, the God will always talk to you when, approach, when you approach the Word of God with an open heart and a teachable heart. And the thing you even need for that very week or that very day will come to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm a word person. Say it again. I'm a word person. I rightly divide the truth. Amen. I want you to just think about this concept that what you have, the Bibles that you have, the Word of God that you have access to, you're talking about a living entity. Say it with me, it's alive. it's alive. And life begins what? Life. Jesus says, my words are what? The spirit and they are life. How I many want to have the abundant life? Amen. Write this down. There is no abundant life. There is no John 10, 10 outside of the word of God. It's never going to happen. But how I many want the abundant life? It's tied directly to what you do with his word. Amen. Say it with me. I wait upon the Lord. I think the thoughts of God. I'm broken and contrite. I'm a word person. Number five, you're spiritually thirsty. You always want more. John 7, Jesus said on the last and greatest day of the feast of any man thirst, let him come unto me and what? And drink. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Amen. For they shall be what? Filled. Mark 4 tells us, with the measure that we meet, it shall be what? We absolutely determine how much is coming back to us by what we actually invest in terms of what we drink. And you know what? That well never runs dry. There's always more. Say it with me. There's always more. There's more to drink. There's more for us to have. It's available for you and for me to go to the deepest levels that we've ever been. And this nation needs us to. Amen. The imagery of the prophet where we go into the water and our toes are in there and are in there ankle deep and maybe to shin high and maybe up to the knees. How I many you know it's time for us to go out, all the way out, into the deep places? Amen. Do you know that the, the skills, swimming skills that are required to swim in three feet of water are the same skills required to swim in 100 feet of water? 
Mm-hmm. I, uh, I rescued two people from drowning in my life. Uh, one was in uh, Fort Lauderdale after a serious storm and swells 10, 12, 15 feet. The flags are out. The guards were begging people to get off the beach. And we were all down there for YMCA Swimming Nationals. So guess what we did? We just ignored the warnings. And I was great body surfing, by the way. It was just wonderful, you know. Until it slammed you on the bottom of the ocean, you know. And you had to wait down there until it rolled over. You should go back up and get some air. But there are a lot of people that were not trained athletes. It had no business being out there under any circumstances. And this one lady, she's 47 years old. She's about 80 to 100 feet out there. And I mean, she was in total distress and she was drowning. And I was like five feet away from her. I marveled that no one around saw this lady in distress. These guards, all the way down the beach in Fort Lauderdale, everywhere you saw there was a guard stand and no one saw her. Other people out there swimming, no one saw her. So I was 14 years old. Look at somebody say 14 years old. I just grabbed her by the arm and I said, hey, we're going in. I said, just listen when I tell you and keep your mouth closed, you know, uh, breathe and keep your mouth closed because we're not going to get in without these waves hitting us. And so they, it hit us and we go straight down to the bottom and then they come back up again. She kind of go like that, but she was okay. And this went on, you know, all the way back into the beach. By the time I get her up there, here comes the guard because now her family's upset and they're running up there thinking that she's, uh, she's gone. But she's okay, but she's in serious distress. And here comes the captain of the guard and he comes up to me and he says, uh, thank you for, for, for rescuing her. Uh, he goes, uh, do you want a job? <laughs> and he said, you know, I've got 15, 20 guards down this beach. Not one of them saw it. And I said, uh, uh, no, I'm only 14 years old and I'm not certified. He goes, I'll certify you. <laughs> I go, well, uh, I'm just down here for YMCA Nationals. He goes, well, that's a good thing. That's a plus. I said, but I'm from Illinois. And uh, he goes, well, you know, you want a job, uh, we're going to start you at $17 an hour. This is 1979. Wow. How do I explain this to my mother? <laughs> I'm going to Fort Lauderdale yeah. to rescue some more people. Can you imagine the trouble you could get into in Fort Lauderdale, 14 years old? Just take my word for it. <laughs> and... Uh, so he goes, you know, he goes, uh, you know, that's fine. But he goes, you, if you're ever down here and you want a job, look me up. He goes, I'm responsible for maintaining the leadership on the beach. And it was just crazy. And so uh, all the time I've been around water, just completely just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And her life was spared. Then a few years ago, we took Rita to Florida, Rita Henley. And Jerry had gone home to be with the Lord, and so we spent some time at the beach, and then we went to Disney World and uh, Disney Complex and one of the uh, water parks there. And we're on kind of a river, and we're floating in, a, in about two and a half feet of water. <laughs> Rita flipped her inner tube, literally, and couldn't get back up. And I said, Rita, stand up. Just, just stand up. But she says to this day, she was, go she was a goner. But I was there. Gold star for a pastor, amen? The rough waters of Disney's aiming Typhoon Lagoon. I was there. Everybody say, Rita, Rita. stand up. And if she's watching, she's going to get me for this, for sure. Yes, she is, amen. And she does that. She sneaks online. 
But you know what? Uh, as the deer panther for water. So my what? So longs. Listen to language, Psalm 42. Longs for him. What are you longing for? Uh, as long as you're thirsty, as long as you're hungry, he's going to continue to fill you. Amen. This is a mark of someone who is in a place of renewal. Amen. They're right with God. Say praise God. Praise God. Can you handle one more? Yes. You're a word person. You're spiritually thirsty. Number six, you're honest and you walk in integrity. You do what you say. Um, if in fact you find yourself making a promise or making some kind of an oath and Jesus said it very very plainly that you're yes be yes and you're what? No, you're no no anything beyond that amen this sinner comes from evil of course and sometimes you do uh, commit yourself and um, you know you really have to understand how important it is for you to deal with honesty and integrity and if all these years later serving God, there's not honesty and integrity there. It doesn't mean perfection. It means if there is some issue to deal with, you deal with it with integrity, you deal with it with honesty. Amen. As a child of God, uh, it, it is quite a, a badge of spiritual health. But even to your own demise, you make things right. Amen. Uh, if you actually find yourself making some kind of commitment or oath, you... You make it good even if it's what? Even if it causes hurt to you. You fulfill it. And um, you know, sometimes you think, well, these are just little things that I'm dishonest about. Um, Jesse DuPlantis tells a story. I used to go home you know, with this one family, and they would serve him food. And he, uh, she, this lady made you know, a bunch of gumbo, which, of course, being a Cajun, he would love to have some of that gumbo. And this family would host the preachers, isn't that right, brother? And uh, and so, and every time the preachers would come, they would she'd serve this gumbo. And so the preachers would come in, and uh, how's the gumbo? And they would say, Oh, it's, it's terrific, it's terrific. And their husband would just look at him. But Jesse comes in, and um, he takes some of it, and she says, Well, what do you think? She goes, That's the worst thing I ever tasted in my life. <laughs> The husband looks at him and goes, a true man of God right there. <laughs> a true man of God. You're the only one to tell the truth about that gumbo. Um, he also says, you know, if you're a lady and ask him how you look in a dress, don't ask him that. No women. Amen. <laughs> From the insignificant to, you know, the silly, but... You and I are forming a, 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 you know, a lifestyle of integrity. That you and your word are what? One. Who does that sound like? God and his word are one. You keep your oath even if it hurts or causes harm to you in terms of uh, what you have to deal with. Um, so many great scriptures on this, but I want to just lay this out to you. A lack of honesty and integrity indicates a heart that's not right. And if you've been dealing uh, deceptively and, and dealing with people in a way that's less than honorable, how do you know Christians don't have to cheat to get ahead? No, they don't have to lie. Can I have an amen? amen. God will bless you. Yes. You don't have to do the things the world does. No. Amen. There's a lot of people out there swindling seniors right now and cheating them and all kinds of scammers. Um, 
I love this uh, this particular, uh, she's probably 30 years old on the internet, and what she does is she actually lets scammers call her, and then she scams them. It's the funniest thing in the world. And she's like 30-something years old, and she, she, she plays the part of like an 85-year-old woman, and she has that voice. And uh, he's trying to get her to do something on the computer, and she's just having a field day with him. The only problem is she's having a hard time laughing while she's doing this. And... Uh, and he would say, you know, hit this certain button. And she'd go, I don't think I have that button. And just bring him all along. It's just frustration. Of course, the guy doesn't speak English very, very well to begin with. And so <laughs> she's just having a, a field day, scamming the scammer. Not only the scammers actually uh, called. Uh, you probably heard of this one where somebody calls you and tells you, you owe, you owe the IRS and there's an arrest warrant coming out for you. For you. Have you anybody been associated with that? My mom got a call like that. Oh, boy. That was fun. <laughs> Suddenly you're thinking, Mr. T, I pity the poor fool. <laughs> and she's like, is, is that right? She goes, well, I'm just going to call my son. He's in the FBI, and he'll, he'll sort this all out. Click. <laughs> Click. That was the end of that. What I, what I enjoy doing is uh, <laughs> I enjoy pretending that I'm tracing the call. So they'll, they'll call and they'll do the little spiel, and then I'll say, now, trace it now, click. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> but I say, scammers. Scammers, scammers getting scammed. scammed. Amen? Uh, I mean, no, we don't have to be like that. Why don't you have to be like that? The blessing is on you. Say, the blessing is on me right now. I don't need to scam anybody. One of these characters with the IRS uh, scam called the number, and a sheriff picked up. (laughs) And uh, uh, arrest warrant has been issued in your name. He goes, is that right? He goes, they're going to come arrest me? They're going to come arrest me. He's sitting there with his badge on his uniform. And uh, he's like, do you want me to give, me, give you my address? <laughs> I mean, just, just craziness. Like he's going to come arrest the sheriff, you know, because of a delinquent IRS tax bill. And it seems like that's all they do. You know, all this time, no, no, no real production in their life. They're just doing this kind of thing. And you'd be amazed. Sometimes Christians will say, well, it's okay um, you know, God knows what I'm doing. He knows the intent, whatever. No, you need to be above board in everything that you do. And how many will let him correct you if you're not? Yes. Amen. Does it matter? Yes. Yeah, Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of property, mm-hmm. held back some of the funds, mm-hmm. and made it look like they were giving the whole amount into the house of God. They lied to the Holy Ghost. How many know it didn't turn out very well? No, that was an integrity situation. Amen. Now, you may not be perfect in this situation. You may have made some uh, mistakes, but life's not over. Amen. You have a chance to correct and to develop yourself and be a person of integrity. Amen. The Bible tells us that the integrity of the upright will guide them, will lead them. You'll make right decisions because you're operating in integrity and operating in honesty. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. So if somebody asks you if they, if, you know, you like their gumbo, Here's the question. What's more important, 
someone's feelings, or the truth. If you're not careful, you'll train yourself to lie in the name of being nice. Isn't that what our culture is doing right now? Lying to people so they look nice and kind. It's never nice and kind to lie to people. Amen. Praise the Lord. How to tell if your heart's right with God in your place of renewal. You're habitually waiting on the Lord. You think the thoughts of God. You're broken and contrite. You're a word person. You're spiritually thirsty. You're honest and walk in integrity. Say, that's me. That's me. Say it with me. I'm honest, I'm honest. and full of integrity. Full of integrity. Amen. Amen. Say, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it in Jesus' name. My dad uh, worked for a man in the uh, Olin Corporation, and he's, he's gone now. But uh, he would do crazy things with his life. He was very much, uh, you know, a player and, and, and a con man. How he ever got that job in the first place, uh, nobody really knows. But he came one time to my dad, and he said, my son's just graduated with an engineering degree. And uh, I demand that you hire him as an engineer. Now, keep in mind where they worked, they built explosives there. Rounds for the military, amen. Guidance systems for the Trident Missile System. Before I was born, during World War II, that entire area in, in uh, Wildlife Refuge Area, they built bombs for World War II. There are 50,000 people that worked there making bombs for the United States military and for her allies. And then after that, an electric company took over. And after that, uh, this company came in to make ammunition. And my dad's just like, uh, you know, um, your son is a drug addict. And I am not putting him in that situation where he can endanger other lives because he has a problem. He goes, I, I won't do it. My dad told me, he said, I'd never seen this man so mad. He was foaming at the mouth. Said he was foaming at the mouth. You haven't lived until you got somebody to foam at the mouth at you. you. Say, Pastor, have you? Oh, you don't know half the story. Amen. That's, that's the fun part. <laughs> and uh, he said, you'll do it or I'll fire you. And my dad goes, then fire me. The only problem is this guy knew nothing about munitions. But he didn't, uh, he didn't hire him. And, uh, you know, there, t- it takes a, a certain amount. And I can say a lot of things about him, but integrity is one of the things that stands out. That's the way you want to live your life. Amen? A moral compass, a sense of right and wrong about you. Not though you're perfect, but you're not going to bow. Amen? It's a pressure. Glory to God. You say, where does it come from? A renewed heart's going to act like that. A renewed heart's going to be that way. Amen? Can you receive this today? Give the Lord a big hand clap and thank Him for it.